I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yvonne Lau. Hi, I'm Yan Wang. And you're listening to Lost and Refound, the insightful mind and life podcast. Welcome to episode 7 of Lost and Refound podcast. Special guest Ophelia Chang joins us in this conversational style episode. Ophelia had an illustrious career in art, moving from teacher to publishing to working in music and film. Later, she became one of the first Asian American women to actively promote positivity in the cannabis industry. I personally have looked up to Ophelia for a long time for being a compassionate, badass businesswoman who is a force to be reckoned with. Please welcome Ophelia to the podcast. Hi, Ophelia. Hello, Yan. Hello, Yvonne. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me on. This is like a fun get together. Sort of, we're all, I don't have any kids anymore, so. I don't have to worry about that, but it's a nice escape, I'm sure. Yes, it definitely is a nice escape for me because I do have kids. <laughs> um, and for me, I think it's just about escaping into myself. I don't think I've ever spent as much time with myself and my uh, my boyfriend before. So now it's just about embracing all those thoughts and feelings that we have um, every day. <laughs> So how are you doing, Ophelia, through these challenging times for the past few months? Good, because um, naturally I'm a hermit anyway. So whenever, when we had a stay in place order or shelter in place, I thought I was really happy about it because then I don't have to travel. Because you know what it's like with Sabo, mm-hmm. um, how many conferences we have to go to and how many things that we have to apply to. It was really nice not having to do any of that because I counted all the stuff that I had to go to that I, I knew already in February. And one of them was going to London, right? But, and then San Francisco a bunch of times, but every trip I was not looking forward to because it was all um, work. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't stayed home this long in about six years. Wow. Yeah. So this is much needed. Oh my God, it's so much better. My animals are happy. They see me all the time. We have a ritual. I mean, it's almost, and so now I have a really great schedule that never breaks anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you say you're a hermit. Are you an introvert or extrovert? Um, introvert that has to be an extrovert when I need to be. Okay. I think I'm like that. A lot of us are like that. You are very much like Sabo. Yeah. Only, I, can, I can turn it on when I have to, but most <laughs> of the time it's like, who? <laughs> 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 That's it. <laughs> yeah, so I feel the same way. I'm a hermit, so this 
shelter in place wasn't a huge deal for me. I'm also a natural introvert. So I like to be at home anyway. And I like to kind of spend time by myself. But now I'm starting to get that itch. And I really, I miss the connection. I miss people. So I can't imagine how extroverts are feeling by now. But I do agree that since this sheltering place hit and Sable's not traveling as much, I am loving him at home more often we can actually uh-huh. create a routine the children loves it and he loves it he keeps saying he realized now he doesn't have to travel that much and he can do more at home and he's really loving it so i think this is great for people who you know spend so much time away from home and finally realizing that you can actually do your job and still be at home oh yeah what about you Vaughn? did you have to are you not traveling as well were you a traveler before um i was a traveler before i feel like i'm, I'm definitely feeling the itch to travel um i feel like i'm that was the one thing that as an introvert i like to travel to just go find other spaces i used to not feel a home base i used to tell people i don't ever want to own a home i just want to be a nomad and just live out of a suitcase but now i'm seeing that it's um that having a home base is nice especially having a place to go uh, to stay and a place to just be comfortable and i don't think i was ever comfortable and that's why i wanted to just leave and find new places and just start over and make new beginnings so um, I, I think that that's what's been a little bit different and challenging for me <laughs> i cleaned all the closets out too Yes, cleaning organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cleaned out stuff. And oh, okay, one thing, I don't know what you're like. Sometimes I'm a pantry hoarder. And so I went into the pantry cupboards, right? I was pulling out cans. Like, oh, you know, what's this? And I looked at the date. And I said, oh my God, that was like before the last election, yes. right? And I thought, what is this? So I tossed it. I realized how much stuff I used to buy. And now I'm a lot better about not buying 10 cans of coconut milk. Mm-hmm. Like, really, what am I going to do with it? Because it was on sale. I think it's very Chinese. You see, like, 10 cans <laughs> for five bucks. Yeah, you know, I can use all that coconut milk. I don't know what I'm going to make, but I'll get it anyway. <laughs> so I found out how to uh, actually save money mm. on this during the last five months. Okay. Yes, I think that's ingrained in us. Anytime we see a sale, do I need this? No, but I could need this one day. So I better yeah. buy it now. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I mean, how much coconut milk do you need? Like, really? <laughs> and uh, I tried baking bread too, just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. At the first one, I suck at that. I realized I really suck at that. And now all I eat are salads because it's easy. You, you toss it, you throw yeah. it, in the and you're done. That's great. And you're growing your own vegetables, so it's nice and fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss restaurants though. I do too. Well, we get the food delivered, but I do miss going places. Um, I wish I liked salads because salad's so easy and growing lettuce is much easier than some other things, but I just, I don't like salads. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> your garden. I mean, you got so much stuff in there that you can actually oh. eat salad every day. My yard is crazy jam-packed. I'm actually going to do a video on my yard soon because it's just, it's not my yard. It's a patio. You can walk three steps from one side to the other side. Wow. I mean, do you have like any problems with critters? I do. I do. When my tomatoes are fully ripened. So usually in late August is when I'll start seeing tomatoes missing. So I had to start picking before they are fully ripened on the vine. Oh, I have deer and moles. Yeah, I don't have that because I'm I'm in the middle of a little city. My other problems, I don't get pollinators. Mm. So I only have one bee that comes to my yard every single day. He's this, this giant bumblebee with one yellow stripe. 
comes every single day. And then the other day, two days ago, I was walking my dog and I saw him dead on the other side of, uh, in front of our other side of the house, in front of my neighbor's house. And I wasn't sure it was him, but it was a giant bee, blacky one stripe. And since then I haven't seen him in my patio. So I'm so sad. He's my only bee friend. He probably like if someone's using poison or something or I don't know. I'm so sad. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I did blow up a molehill though. I bought the mole bombs. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was on the other side. And so you have to, you put the, I guess the, the wick in there into the bomb and you light it and it starts sparkling. And then you got to throw it into a hole really fast and then cover <laughs> it. And then all, you don't see a bomb or anything, but you see smoke coming out from the other end and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, good, you know, get them all. I, I mean, I don't like killing stuff, but this one mole was just driving me nuts. So, yeah. I Wiley E. Coyote and the Roadrunner, and I was Wiley E. Coyote. I had traps, I dug holes, you know, everything. So I finally had to go to the bomb. And, and did that work? I think so. That's good to know. But, but it'd be really ir- irritating, but I bet if it was, it'll come back just to piss me off. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, I don't have that problem right now because I live in a, a townhouse, but I've mm-hmm. heard you you love bunnies and you love all these little animals until you start a full garden and you learn to hate them real quick. Oh, yeah. Bunnies and deer. Say Bambi. I have yeah, like well, Bambi. That's problems for another day for me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so just... To give a little background to our audience, I have known you, Ophelia, for a few years now through my husband, but I have never actually really spoken to you. I think this is the longer, longest conversation I've ever had with you. Not uh-huh. that I didn't want to, I really wanted to. So I'm going to share an embarrassing story with you that I've never told anyone except Sable. Okay. A couple years ago, we were at Meadowlands, which is a cannabis retreat, and I saw Ophelia there. You said hi to me, and I said hi back. Then I spent the entire weekend encouraging myself to speak to you and simultaneously hiding from you <laughs> oh, no. because, because I was so intimidated. And I have often said this to Sable before, you are who I want to become when I grow up. Not oh. because of what you do, but because of who you are. I admire so much your conviction to who you are. You challenge the status quo and you're unapologetic in what you believe in. But you do with so much, you do it with so much love and so much um, um, you do with so much love and you do it through education. And because you are so authentic to who you are, people follow you. You know, they read your posts, they engage with you. And I think that deserves so much admiration. And so now I want to know your secret. I want to know how you do it. So I want to hear your story, your journey into who you are now. Have you always been this way? And if not, what was your journey like in becoming who you are now? Um, well, let's see. I grew up, in, I was born in Canada. So um, I came here when I got married to my first husband. My first husband said, yeah, I, I have a couple. So, you know, I like that. I like to, you know, play the field here. So my first husband said, cause he was American. He said, where do you want to live? You want to move to New York where he lived? And, or moved to LA, right? Because I was pretty young. And I said, I want to go to LA because where I came from was a lot of snow and it's really cold. So we moved to LA and then I went to college at Art Center College of Design for fine arts and photography. Right? And um, in my last 
term at Art Center, I got, well, last two terms, last year, my senior year, I got separated and divorced at the same time. Well, all in one thing. So that was like a really hard last year, but it was okay because everything turned out, uh, I didn't make too many stupid mistakes. So I graduated and um, a few years later, I had, um, I got married again and had twins, right? So once the twins were walking, I got divorced again, but you know, my second husband is my best friend. He's, we talk almost every day. He never remarried either. Um, so basically I think we got together to have kids. So after they were walking, I started back up my career again and I started shooting for Raygun, which is this music and fashion magazine. I shot bands, I shot fashion. Then I went to uh, record labels because record labels saw my work. So I worked for Mercury, uh, Virgin, uh, Sony, uh, World Domination, Epitaph, and a couple other labels. Um, I became an art director of one of the labels. Then from there, I got into film. So I became a career director for a small film company. We distributed a lot of films. A lot of films were at Sundance, Toronto Film Festival, New York, Berlin. Um, Outfest, and we specialized in LGBTQ and foreign films. So I worked with a, I a lot of independent films. Um, so for that, I moved from music into film and launched about 50 films. Um, during that time too, I became a creative director at Outfest and Slam Dance, another film festival for about 10 years. Um, from there, I got headhunted into this company for Jennifer Aniston to create a girl's website. It's gone now. I can't tell you the name because the company that had the, com the name um, sort of released the URL and now it's a porn site. So, well, I guess they kind of thought all these, you know, it was kind of popular, but it's kind of sad because all those girls now probably, well, this is a while ago. Um, so launched that, then I left and became a career director at a publishing company spent about five years there and then went freelance and freelance for a long time. I designed a lot of magazines. Then I started teaching an art center. Um, I taught marketing uh, to the photo students. From there, I went into cannabis and here I am. I left cannabis in December and now I'm in uh, mushrooms. So I've been growing mushrooms for about over two years now, all different kinds of mushrooms. I love them. You sent us some. The lion's mane you grew are beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love growing mushrooms. Um, and it's because I think I talked to Sabo about this. When I went into cannabis, there's a lot of passion for it. A lot of people are very passionate about it. And now I feel like the passion has gone and, and it is just another industry. It is mm -hmm. numbers now and it's not as much fun. So yeah, so... What, I mean, your career, you had an amazing career, you know, so I'm just curious, what made you want to move away from, you know, teaching and all of that and go into the cannabis industry? Because that's such a huge shift. Right. Um, well, it was, it was unexpected because uh, teaching overlapped cannabis. Um, uh, my sister was using, trying to use cannabis for her autoimmune disease. And when I was looking at her, I thought, oh my God, you're a stoner. But then I thought, oh, I just called my sister a stoner. That's so bad. That's so bad. 
Uh, so I went over to um, Getty Images, the largest stock agency in the world, and I typed in stoner. Right? And there were all these images came up, and they thought exactly like I did. The keywords, because when you search for a, a stock image, you put in keywords like mm -hmm. dog, beach, and you get that. So their key Im word images were criminal, addict, illegal, um, all these words that were detrimental to who my sister is. Mm -hmm. And about a week after that, I started Stockpot, Stockpot Images. Launched that and uh, for about five years, and I closed it down in September. I know last year December because not because I knew COVID was coming, but the when I first started, it was really hard to get onto a farm. It was really hard to get photos. It was mm -hmm. even the model release I had was written by an attorney saying I acknowledge. I'm holding a schedule one drug and I allow my photo to be used as stock photography. So you can imagine anyone smoking a joint, they knew that their photo could be used in a magazine eventually. So they were brave enough to sign that. It was really hard to get people to sign that, but I did. And it was very hard to get on a farm. It was very hard to get all the strains, but then uh, things started rolling and Stockpot had the largest collection of strains in the world. We had three, about 3,000 different strains, all the photos, uh, ripe flower, dry. Also, we had the Dennis Perone collection and um, farms, indoor, outdoor, every growing system, videos. Uh, you can actually learn everything about cannabis on our site because if you typed in Blue Dream in the descriptions, you learned about Blue Dream and you saw the plant and you saw the dried product too. So a lot of people kind of miss Stockpot because you could get all that information from it. And, um, and then also I featured hemp because I saw that coming. And then I saw psilocybin coming, so I started featuring that. The reason I closed it down is because of Prop 64. Once that happened, every state started rolling and opening up of over 30 states now. And it was easier to get the photos. It was easier to get people to sign. So a lot of people started jumping on it. And Getty was eating my lunch. Um, and the thing is, though, Stockpot gave 50% of our commissions to the photographer. So if they sold a $500 image, they get 250 bucks. At Getty now, if you have an image up there for $475, Getty will then turn it around and sell it the smallest image to their subscribers for 14 cents. Mm -hmm. And the photographer gets, not, not 7 cents, the photographer gets 2.3 pennies. For that image wow so that's what getty did to stock photography and i paid my photographers 50 percent off never charged them anything getty charges and um but i can't compete with a 14 cent image right um because my lowest price was 15 dollars um so in december i closed it down and then sat around and then COVID hit now and then i'm launching another business in september we incorporated in delaware so that's coming out in september now but it's not cannabis yeah yay <laughs> you know there there's so much good nuggets in there of your story for learning and, and that's inspirational i loved how you first of all did you smoke cannabis before no, I've been sober from alcohol now 15 years. So the decision to use cannabis was a huge one. 
mm. um, uh, because I have addictive, I have an addictive personality. Okay. And um, so I, I started with this edibles because in that in cannabis, as you know, if you don't smoke, everyone thinks you're a narc. Mm -hmm. Plus, I wanted to know everything what I was selling. Right, right. they just need to know. So I first year I grew twenty three plants in my backyard. It was totally illegal, but I grew it because I needed to learn what the plant was. So I started in edibles, and knowing my addictive personality, I was only allowed to have a dog walker at night, which is a small joint, and edibles. So I just did that for the last five years. And but I, since COVID hit. Um, Next week, I'll be clean of cannabis for four months. So no more cannabis either. Yeah, I saw your post um, on Facebook where you announced you stopped using cannabis. Mm -hmm. that's, that's great. I mean, I was not a cannabis user until after I had Sophie, my first daughter, yeah. and was due to anxiety. I never really had bad insomnia issues or anxiety issues until Sophie's born. And it got to the point where I was taking like up to four sleeping pills a night and wasn't working. So Sable said, why don't you put the drugs aside and try cannabis? Um, and pr prior to that, I have tried cannabis when I was in high school, but it wasn't my favorite feeling because I was already quiet and I was an introvert. So when I smoked, I just stopped talking even more. So I felt like I wasn't able to express myself through the drug. Uh, and I saw it as a drug and now I see it as a medicine. And now I take it on a daily basis, you know, at nighttime before I go to bed, I'll vape some cannabis and I'll go to bed and it helps me sleep and helps me calm down. I do believe a medicine will tell you, your body will tell you when you need, when it's enough, right? There are periods of time when I realize I need to stop for a couple of weeks just to detox, to give my body some time to realize if I still need this or not, versus just keep continue to take it every single day. So I love that even though, you know, you went headed into cannabis, you were participating in, but once you felt like it no longer serves you, you step back and you're on to something else. And I especially love your story of you seeing the opportunity to make a positive change in the cannabis industry, right? When your sister told you she's using cannabis, your first thought was stoner. And then you had the, the thought to go and, and type in stoner in Google and see what kind of images come up. That's incredible. That's kind of brain, I think, that I want to learn. I want to start thinking outside the box. And I love stories like yours where it challenged me, how do I make it better and find the opportunity? Yeah, that's a, well, thank you for that. That's a, because also during this path too, I started Asian Americans for Cannabis Education in 2015 with Tiffany Wu and Monica Lowe. Both of them left um, early 2016. And so I carried it on by just uh, doing interviews with Asian Americans and cannabis to show our, our community that we are functioning, full living, independent people uh, that is not stereotypical. And so this recently is now getting more snowball because it was very hard again to get Asian Americans to say they're using weed and put it online. Now I get people saying, I wanna do interviews. So it's changed a lot. That also, um, yeah, it's because cannabis is now no longer that, that thing you do behind the school. It is, remember Bebo with the gold pens and everything? And then everyone wanted to have it or dose it. It became this, this want to have thing. Now it is 
it doesn't have that uh, cachet anymore, but it is a helpful medicine for people and it does help a lot of people. The reason I did stop was that during COVID and stay in place, there was a really lot of high anxiety and I was seeing that I was using more and more and I knew that was a trigger. So I can't step down. I just had to go cold turkey. But Yvonne, do you smoke? Um, not, not as regularly, I think, as, um, as Yen, but I, I used to do it for, with, or for fun, like with my cousin, um, in New York where we, where I just had more access, but right now, um, I just don't have as much access, um, in COVID, um, and I've been just using other means to, to handle like my anxiety. I'm not opposed to having more or taking microdoses though. Um, I'm very excited about it and especially with, with Yen. Um, and learning more and being able to understand the medicinal purposes a lot more. Um, I do find that there's a lot of opportunities for tinctures and for balms um, and cosmetic use. So I'm very interested in formulating with that to get different types of ingestible versus having an ingestible, having different tinctures and having different cosmetics, so topical use. Yvonne is a chemist, so this is why her brain goes into formulating new products. Have you tried any of the CBD face masks, the paper ones that are used to CBD? I, I haven't work? tried it yet, but um, I have seen that, yeah, I've, I've seen not the uh, face mask, but I've seen um, the, the, not the sheet mask, but the other like clay mask. And I've seen people like, also use that. I, you can also smell it as well. So I think there's also um, an inhalation of uh, help as well. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to try it next. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause I think medicinal mushrooms are probably more helpful than CBD. Like say reishi, um, because it's anti-inflammatory. Um, and right now, cause I grow reishi. So another friend who's a chemist, she just extracted all these reishi tinctures for me. So now I'm, tr I'm mixing it in just no non-scented mm. balm to see on skin because it's anti-inflammatory also it's antioxidant um and it's it regenerates yeah. cells so i i think that's the next thing that's going to come is mushrooms mm -hmm. uh, uh, reishi lion's mane cordyceps um turkey tail all of those things are now going to come into the beauty section right and I feel like it's already in here in the beauty industry in just adaptogens, just in, as a blanket term, mm -hmm. but not very specific extracts. And I think that's what we can do um, as chemists and as experts is get very specific so people then understand their dosage so that they can start using the exact ratios that they need or the exact extracts that they need for skin health or for, um, or for calming health or for healing. For sure. Yeah. Can you imagine people can start making... Um, bath salts or bath bombs and under eye and all this stuff from these great things of mushrooms. So that is the next thing. Uh, Cause CBD is now, uh, it's, it's, in, it's the aloe, right? It's in everything. So I, the next one that's coming up is mm -hmm. mushrooms. Absolutely. Do you, you know, she, she does this, but you know what you, you made, this is like two years ago. You posted about this, um, I think it's called, it was a mask you put on and then you take it off and it tightened your skin. It was in a white box. I couldn't say, Hanu? No, Hanu. Yeah, I actually bought it after you posted it, right? 
and I used it once and I was cleaning out the cupboard and I found all the other ones. I thought, oh, oh. I know, are these any good? Because I did try it and my face went like this really tight. Yeah. I thought, hey, this is really interesting, but I don't know if this is what I really want. But it's really cool though. But you posted that and then I went out and bought it and I thought, oh, hopefully I should, I wonder if there's a way I can get her to um, get her some brownie points for this. But I don't think I could. Affiliates, <laughs> affiliate links. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, henna, henna cure is expensive. So oh, yeah. I'm glad you found the rest. I know it's like, ah, but there's nowhere to go to use it now. I so, know, right? So uh, well maybe hopefully soon. But then again, I don't want to get on a plane and just thinking of the bathrooms on a plane. Oh gosh. There's yeah. cesspools. <laughs> just be careful. <laughs> Asian already, you have that higher level of germ alert as Asians but mm -hmm. now as an Asian in COVID you have this it's it's red it's sort of like a red level beep 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 don't even touch anything <laughs> oh my god the toilet Ugh. yeah my manager is pregnant and she just flew to Arizona flight July 4th weekend <laughs> I was well, like you're going to Arizona first of all the hotbed of COVID right now and going on a plane July 4th weekend's gonna be super crowded. Yeah, she says she was miserable on the plane. She was so terrified. Oh, wow. She's okay right now. She's okay right now. She went to visit her, it was her mother's birthday. Oh, okay. so she wanted to go visit her mom. They couldn't yeah. do it on Zoom, could they? So no, she wanted wow. the, yeah, she wanted the, the physical connection. She said her husband didn't go. He refused to go, <laughs> but she oh, went. Wow. That's kind of, oh. Yeah, that's the only thing I don't want to get onto is on a plane again. Um, yeah. There's so many things I want to do right now, but all of them, a lot of them involves traveling, which is interesting because I usually don't want to go a lot of places. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, right now I have the itch and I want to go so many places, but you can't go anywhere. So I know. It'd be great if you could go some, it'd be really great once you get there. It's that part. Because every time too, I just think about when people, when there's like three extra seats, right and someone's sleeping on it i'm thinking you're putting your face on a seat that someone's farted in i know <laughs> someone farted in there and your face is in that seat that no! <laughs> like, uh, yeah i have a lot of time to think on planes so i always come up with something like oh yuck I try not to think about that. Sable thinks about that a lot. He's always carrying like five bottles of sanitizer. <laughs> so he's like, don't touch that. Let me wipe it first. Don't touch this. Let me wipe it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. So, and, um, I mean, how many face masks do you have now that are special that you bought just because they're pretty? Um, wait, face masks like... Covers. Oh, COVID yeah. face masks. Uh, yeah. No, I just still have my, you know, my cousin... Um, in China sent me a ton of masks oh. and then my and then Angela she is currently in Taiwan so she also sends on masks so we're still using those right now we haven't actually purchased any masks except N95s uh, which I bought at the beginning of COVID mm -hmm. what about you Yvonne oh yeah I 100% I'm on the branded bandwagon I love <laughs> I love buying face masks <laughs> And if I, I send some to Yan, I'm like, Yan, check this out. This is so cute. Like the ones with the little faces. I'm oh, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. that. <laughs> I bought Sunday School, um, the the fashion brand and also Weed brand. They have a whole set called Sativa or Indica 
and they're tie-dye, different colors. So I bought so cute. those. Yeah, I'm just all about my face mask now. It's like, oh, that is so cute. I just had to get that one. And then you see the ones that are multi-use. new accessory. Yeah. Yeah, like headband plus face mask. All about mm -hmm. it. All about mm -hmm. it. I don't know. We have them everywhere. It's, and it's so much nicer, too, because I'm thinking, yeah, put sunscreen on. But now it's even better because you're getting less sun on your face. Except for now you're just going to get a tan, like, right. <laughs> you just got to go through the sun really quickly and just wear yeah. super thick sunscreen everywhere else. <laughs> It's all about the Asian, the Asian visors, you know, the Asian mom visors oh, yeah. that covers your entire face. That's perfect. When they first came out, now they're all over the place. It's I like, see people using them. Yeah. People are yeah. definitely yeah. using them. Oh yeah, and the Korean ladies with the gloves. I always remember going down to Koreatown when they're driving, they got the gloves on, the face mask thing, and now everyone's doing it. Yep. Like, totally. Yeah, so fashion oh, industry, so it's definitely, <laughs> making you know maybe people aren't buying pants as much but people are buying other objects because <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. now i even have a sprays for my mask right because i wash them but also i have sanitizing sprays that have rose scent and different scents too oh i didn't know you could i didn't i haven't tried them i haven't tried those for for face masks but definitely for hands though i've used like oh, yeah. hand sanitizing sprays and so mm -hmm. many varieties yeah, right now because it's basically alcohol you can do a quick sort of clean on a thing but um it's all it's yeah it's kind of just nice to have a little scent there too because sometimes your my breath can be like holy fuck that's okay you can curse our yes, podcast <laughs> that's totally fine um and those are things that i usually make at home like hand sanitizers and hand sanitizing sprays so mm -hmm. i usually do end up making those at home great um, you can put a little scent in it yeah, um, I've tried, I think I've just definitely tried looking at CBD and adding some into it or just using hemp oil like as a moisturizing aspect. Um, mm -hmm. But so far, I haven't, um, I haven't been able to get to a formula that I've really liked so far. So maybe that'll be gonna right. be next, <laughs> the next business. <laughs> but, oh, go ahead, Yen. <laughs> Oh, no. So I actually want to kind of bring the conversation back to when you joined the cannabis industry, because I find that fascinating. Like you said, back in the days when you joined cannabis, not only were there not a lot of Asians, and I definitely never see Asian women mm -hmm. and Asian women that have an established business um, that goes into the industry. So can you talk about from your experience, what was that like to be a pioneer? Here's it was really great. Because um, I don't know if you guys, this is a really old movie with Natalie Wood. It's called Gypsy Rose. It's about um, one of the most famous strippers from the 50s, 50s, 60s, right? And so when she met, first started stripping, she walked into this dressing room full of all these other strippers. And one was dressed as a majorette, another one was a magician. They all had different costumes. And they said to her, to get in this business, you gotta have a gimmick, right? I blow the horn. You know, Estelle over there does magic tricks. So you got to succeed, you have to have a gimmick. And so for me, like you said, there weren't many women and there weren't many Asians. And so for me, I realized I could use that as content for media, right? Because you could, there were a lot of white women, but there weren't that many Asians. And then, so it's like a combo. Um, I had the two check boxes that became interesting. So. I was very lucky to use that to get 
press on. Right. And uh, I think a lot of people going into business need to look at what makes you different. Uh, you can enter a field that is filled with many people, but what makes you different from your competitor? How do you stand out? And it's really just asking someone to list 12 things that are different about you, right? But usually it's the last three things that makes you stand out. Because most times when people write out a list, the first three is what I think you want me to say, right? The next three is how do I kind of get out of this by going to write this? And then the next three is, well, okay, I'm gonna come up with this. And then the last three is, okay, I'm really tired now, so I'm just gonna freeform. So usually it's the last three that is what you are. And for any woman going to, into a business, it is what makes you different. You might be selling ketchup, but what is it about your ketchup that makes you different? And that's how you use it to get press and move forward. That is incredible. That is incredible because I spent all weekend <laughs> actually thinking about this question. What makes me different, right? Because I am trying to start I want to expand my blog more than just cooking. And I have so much to say. I have so many hobbies and interests, but I need to figure out my niches and what makes me different because it's a very crowded space. And I think this is another teachable moment is when you think about, when I think about you going to the cannabis industry where it's very much male dominated and being an Asian woman, to me, I will be more intimidated, but you use that as an advantage. And I think that's teachable to so many, so many people, so many entrepreneurs out there um, that instead of looking something as, as disadvantage, how do you use that towards your advantage and, and to promote yourself? Well, I, I see for you, I say for your food, um, your food show is looking back all the things that you did. Cause I always love that when you, ever you posted about beauty, what you were doing and how you did it. And then your face painting and all that because beauty and food is a really nice match uh, because one feeds the inside and the inside feeds the outside. Mm -hmm. uh, so whatever comes in, what I think that's even more important than what's on putting on your face is what you're putting in here. Right. And uh, for you, the mix and then also your gardening and growing things and, and just bringing all this um, nutrients to the family it is a mixture of you're creating beauty for the inside and that inside is that journey yes. to the outside. Um, so because just looking at what you've been doing, like I always love the face painting you did too. It was like so creative. I thought, Oh my God, how long did she take to do that? That is like, and then she had to wash it off. Oh no. <laughs> but the thing is, it is all that preparation and learning how to do something and taking it to where you want to go. It is, you have all those skills. It is now taking what makes your, you talking about food different. Mm -hmm. Because when you talked about beauty, it was what made you different to me. It was that you really dived into it and you became so, you came great at it. Right? You just learned everything from the inside out and you just came forward. And for food, it's not just chopping and cooking and slicing. It is all the way from back here, understanding what's in that carrot. Mm -hmm. 
and then putting it on the plate. And for me, it's you are more, you're a science-based, you're history-based, and also you're gonna conquer it and you're gonna wrestle it to the ground until you learn all its secrets. And then you give it to us. And you take all the hard work away. So then when I look at your stuff, it's like, oh, that would look really easy, but I know it's not. Yeah, that's actually, <laughs> that, that is, um, I love to learn. This is why I love learning new hobbies. I love the learning process and I love to do things with my hands. It's true what you said, I don't want just to learn how to do something. I want to learn why, you know, why does this grow better if I do this? And I want to test the theory if I do this instead while I get a different result. I want to do all that. The part I am learning now that I need to improve on is how to tell the story then. How do I teach you and try to make, like you said, make it easier, right? I don't want to intimidate you in the point I, you don't want to do this. I want to inspire you. And at the end of the day, I feel like once you have the knowledge, it's actually everything's pretty simple. Nothing's that hard. We're not going to space. We're not trying to, you know, solve some really complex equation here. But I need to understand how do I package it so it's not it inspires you and makes you come back and and you learn something. So that's the area that I'm trying to trying to learn now. And ultimately my goal now is I want to teach people or show people, you know, how your food is grown um, from seeding it to the life of that plant. And then how I use that plant to make an incredible, incredible meal for my family. My ultimate goal is to have that in, that entire process um, of a plant's journey uh, and, and also incorporating the beauty side, right? Because a plant could be used. It's not just you eat it, you feel better. It's, it's food for your bodies. And it's also food for your outer beauty, right? Because uh, like cucumber is great for your skin. Um, you know, all of these things that, that I've learned, I want to teach you for you to appreciate that plant and the process of growing that plant. So, so yeah, so that's the journey I'm on now. I'm just, I am need to figure out the second part of how do I tell the story? Well, I think because of what I enjoy too, is that there's a side of you that's about perfection, mm -hmm. but also when you post about something eating your plants, you're like, like, oh, like this. So I think people like to see also maybe not always a perfection, but sometimes it might not be great, but then you try it again yes. and then you, you did this. So I think also trying, maybe showing when the bread didn't rise, why did it happen? All right. And knowing that you're human and whatever came out of your kitchen didn't come out always perfect. Yes. Um, Cause my bread sucks, but I keep trying. Right. And um, it is about that. And also mix that you have limited time mm -hmm. to do all this too. because there are two girls, Sabo work and everything else. And, how do you fit all that in? Yes. Yeah. I'm actually going to be writing a lot more blog articles about that exact topic, because to me, I have always, I mean, people have asked me many times, how do you fit everything in a day? Um, and it's not easy, but I never thought of it as my superpower, right? I never thought about something that's shareable, teachable to other people. Um, but now I'm starting to recognize what might seem natural to me is not natural to somebody else. And if I can write this article and help, you know, one mom or two moms to feel better and to better manage their day, then it's worth it. And I am going to start showing 
the unglamorous part of my life, which most of my life is not glamorous. You know, usually I'm, I don't even brush my hair in the morning. <laughs> I wake up, wash my face, I get going, you know? Um, so I want to start showing more of that side of my life too, because that's the real part. You know, Instagram is not real. Instagram is very curated moments of my life, but I, I want to start sharing what busy working mom life looks like. Yeah, I think of Yvonne, also the three of us were all kind of type A, um, where most people like on a Sunday would be like this watching TV or they always say, what did you do on a Sunday? Ah, oh, yeah, I just chilled or read a book. I thought, oh my God, that's such a waste of time. I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this and I did that. And boy, am I tired Monday, but I did all this stuff. And you got the, you chilled? Oh my God, so that is too much pleasure. And you don't, aren't you guilty over that? Holy cow, what? But I don't think Asian women can, I don't think, is there any Asian women you know that chill on Sundays? I, I feel like I, I, I can't think of any. Yeah, I do, I do have a couple of friends and I'm actually jealous. I'm jealous of the people that can, that can totally relax. I, I truly can't. I, I don't, I'm always really tight. I'm even the exercises that I, that I find very enjoyable are very opposite of what I really truly need to be able to relax. I should be doing more yoga, more meditation, but I want to box. I want to hit something. <laughs> I want to scream. Yeah. I want to yell. Well, while you're doing <laughs> yoga, you know, you got laundry going too right that's exactly right and you're like waiting for that timer just like okay pause there <laughs> yeah because even while we're chilling the laundry's going and the rice cooker is going and something else is going too and you're saying yeah i'm relaxing right now uh-huh but then you hear ping 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 like, oh, i'll be right back and then you're folding the laundry yeah uh i i don't i don't i think that's what you can teach women to do is how to relax Right. Basically, just this, just relax. I'm teaching myself right now how to relax. I have that exact same issue. And actually, Yvonne and I were texting each other last week because she was saying her boyfriend, who's a CEO uh, of a company, <laughs> was taking a nap in the middle of the day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my husband, who's also a CEO, is taking a nap in the middle of the day. Meanwhile, Yvonne and I, we can't sit still for more than five minutes. <laughs> oh, no. It's like even having sex, you're thinking, oh, is I should do some laundry right now. <laughs> now that I'm up, yeah. why don't we? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, while you were napping, like, <laughs> I got this and this and this and this done. Uh-huh. So I, I think that part is teaching women to be more, just slow down. Yes. Um, I think there's also, well, Sable always tells me, you know, you need to learn to relax. And I agree. I agree. I have a problem with, I have a guilt towards relaxing. Okay. I feel like if I need to get something done, I need to get something done. Even if I'm so tired to the bone, I need to get it done. Otherwise I can't, that's all I'm thinking about. Um, but there are also times where he's like, hey, you need to relax, but I am relaxing. I'm doing things and I'm relaxing, right? I, I'm planting seeds. For him, it's work, but for me, it's relaxing. So I think there's also finding out what is relaxing to you. Relaxing isn't always sitting on the couch and watch TV. I, I do that sometimes, but sometimes I don't actually enjoy that. I want to be moving, but that's still relaxing to my mind. So it's really important, I think, for people to find out what is that one thing that 
makes you feel relaxed. It doesn't always have to be taking a nap because I've tried taking naps. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good point because what makes you relax again is being in the garden or, or seeds. But to other people, that's work. Mm -hmm. right? um, I, I think it is teaching people to find their own. And what you're going to be doing is finding what relax means to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like some, for some people, folding laundry is relaxing. I wish I'm one of those people. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was like a, if you had 10 Asian women in a house, the whole house would be painted every other month. Again. You know? <laughs> or or something would be happening in the house and everyone would be tr outdoing each other say oh, i'm baking bread today oh i already i already baked it girl you know <laughs> yeah bread's already done uh-huh and you're like oh fuck. right so it's like it is like a comparison i'm fixing all the shoes everyone I, everyone's got new soles oh damn right so it'd be i think that household everyone probably dropped dead of a heart attack every time they're 50 just from stress <laughs> trying to outdo everyone um yeah, yeah I, I think it's definitely a lot of it is just hacking the way my brain works and being gentle with myself if i'm not doing the things that i promised myself that i need to do i think that in one of the interviews that we had with sabo he was saying well why are you doing this are you doing this to for yourself truly if you are that's awesome but if you're doing it for someone else even subconsciously then who are those other people? They don't need to be a part of your life. They're not in your life. They're a figment of your imagination. Um, and understanding that, who who is this truly for? And is this truly for myself? Um, are the biggest questions I think that I've been answering at the moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I don't, when I, when I invite people over dinner, I go, oh, fuzzballs. I didn't really want to say that, but I just thought I would say it. And then I thought, oh, damn, now I got to cook for them. Oh, I didn't. Now I gotta clean the house too. And so now I just keep my mouth shut. He says, We're oh, we should go out for dinner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so stop doing But that is important. Yeah. That is important. I think as Asian women we're we're taught but we're taught to compete with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're also taught to please everyone, right? We say yes to everything. And that's very true. One of the things I had to learn for my own sanity is to say no. And now I love saying no. And I especially love being a parent because it's so easy to say no when you're a parent. You have an automatic excuse right there. I can't do it. My, my kids' bedtime's at 8 o'clock, so I can't go out at night. Um, but it's not feeling guilty about saying no to people and do what you truly is, is right for you at the moment. Actually, that'd be a really great series of um, recipes that are called the Say No. Right? Recipes that are on the opposite end of what you normally think. It's it's the no recipes, whatever that would be, mm. right? Because there's yes recipes, but then what is it to say no recipe? What is that? Oh. Um, is it like a, instead of like chocolate cake for breakfast? Yeah. Or something? Well, certainly, for instance, like we're making bread, you got to go through the whole system, right? What is there mm. a to say no bread recipe where it's no rice, no. Right. Like a fast. Yeah. Hacky way of making something. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Say no yeah. to the long ass julia child recipe and mm -hmm. hacking it into an easier one yes like i just say no or using something that's right half made and then you got you can just add whatever you want to it um i gotta use a horrible example like uh, the the triple layer taco dip right a can of refried beans 
a can of cream of chicken or cream of cheese soup and and then canned salsa that's like the just say no recipe it's kind of something <laughs> but actually it's not that bad once you put it together but um things that you that you can hack to make it easier yeah there used to be a uh, food network chef her name was uh, Sandra Lee and her show was called Semi Homemade and the whole concept is around using a store-bought item and turning it into a homemade recipe. Wow there's one of the yeah. best things there's a, movie, a magazine called Spy Magazine a long time ago and um, what they did was they went to famous chefs and they would give them 20 bucks and they had to go to a 7-Eleven to get all the ingredients for that dinner so you can imagine what's in a 7-Eleven right? Yeah but well, that sounds amazing. Really <laughs> out of 20 bucks at 7-Eleven. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all like canned hot dogs, but it was one of the funniest things I ever read, but also ingenious because you're turning mm -hmm. that gourmet chef on his head into basically a gas station store um, where there's nothing probably fresh. It may be a saran wrap banana or something like that, but it was kind of fun. My ultimate goal one day is to quit my day job and I have more time to do recipe testing. My favorite recipes to share are the recipes where I have cut down steps and made it simpler and faster because my immediate audience I want to reach are, are busy working moms. And I know this is what's important to them and it's what's important to me. So those are recipes I'm most proud to share. And I would love to have more time to work on those recipes. But those recipes also take the most time because I have to usually make the same thing multiple times right. uh, to the point where my family don't want to ever eat it again. <laughs> so and you actually need the time to be able to do that. I think that's why the Instant Pot was so popular because, mm -hmm. uh, and Chinese people love the Instant Pot. Oh my God, it was like every Christmas they say, hey, I want to get you an Instant Pot. So no, I already got one. Someone already said, like, oh, you, you need the smaller version too, just in case. But it's, it's like they say, you can make like steamed chicken, you can make, you know, joking it, and they're telling me all these Chinese recipes, and I'm thinking, wow, the Chinese have taken over the Instapot and just made it all. Everything is just every Chinese recipe you ever wanted is in that mm -hmm. thing now. And I think yeah. people even try making bread in that thing. Yes, I've seen that too. Yeah, and and I would also argue that the air fryer Ooh. is next on the line. My mom has so many air fryer recipes that she just always throws at me. She even made like dan tat in an air fryer. Really? Yes. Oh my god. Yes, and she's like, and she likes it even more. I would, I would also, yeah, I think she likes it definitely even more because she likes the crispy edge. Mm -hmm. Um, so even though it, and it's still pretty fast too. Um, and you don't have to make a large pot of it you can just use make like four or five servings so um she she definitely likes the air oh fryer. my god now i know what to ask for christmas i want an air fryer <laughs> ask abel that's his favorite kitchen appliance oh really oh yeah figures. Figures. he'll buy you one for christmas <laughs> what is he making the air fryer uh well frozen foods of course that's oh, yeah. his idea of cooking <laughs> <laughs> But hey, whatever, if he can cook for the kids frozen foods, that, that's good enough for me. <laughs> yes, so you can throw many, a lot of hot pockets in that thing. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, actually, Don Tat would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when we, I was growing up in Canada, uh, there weren't that many Chinese people. I mean, we didn't have dim sum restaurants. So my mom had to basically hack um, you know, cha siu bao and things like that. 
and she would buy Pillsbury dough, those biscuit stuff. Yes. And then yes. put like pork in it. And we, we all sit and she would steam it and we would go close. It's, and we would go, oh, this is really good. Mom. Uh, like just try to eat it. <laughs> but yeah, because I think a lot of Chinese women way back then, there weren't that many Chinese grocery stores. And so they had to either grow their own cilantro or grow their own bok choy and things like that or make do with what was in the grocery store and try and make it into a Chinese thing. So, um, cause I remember dim sum back then too. It wasn't that thin hog out, like the wrapping, it was damn ass thick. I don't know what chefs they got, but they must've just got a picture and say, you know, Wang Fu, try and make this. And the guy goes, oh, okay. And, and this you know, put something that was the worst dim sum ever. And um, it, but, now it's a refined thing, but this interesting is that culture is coming to a country that has none of their culture and they have to actually use what they have to make something that's close to home cooking, whatever mm -hmm. it was. And um, yeah, my mom was really thrilled when the first, you started having more Chinatowns and more stores and she was able to get all these things. But can you imagine trying to get uh, cow ligament, you know, um, oh my God, for the tendons, right? Where you're asking the butcher, can we have the beef tendon? Because that's for dogs. Right? Oh my God, it's really delicious. You slow cook it in soy sauce and it's like really, and they're all going, uh. So my mom had to do that to find it and find the scraps that the butcher would throw out that Chinese people love. So. Yeah, and why people don't know that's really good for your skin. Ooh. Secrets to healthy Asian skin, tenon. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> or fish skin. Right there. Eating the fish skin and instead of like the little pills. I think that was the one thing that my mom was really confused about when she came to America. She was like, why are people eating so many pills or supplements? Just eat the food. Like, why just eat fish instead of eating fish oil? And she, that was the one thing that she just never understood. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. fish skin, all that stuff. Never eat the eyeballs though, but you know, fish head, the whole fish head thing, you just pick your way through it. That um. I liked. <laughs> um, okay, I, I do have one last question for you, yeah. Ophelia, and it's very much centered around how you stay so positive. Um, I think our audience can hear how positive you are, um, but you get so many messages on social media and they're not always positive. Oh yeah. Um, so how, and I know personally when I get negative feedback, it, especially unreasonable, the trolls that come after you, it can really affect your mindset. So how do you stay above all of that? Um, I think you have a sense of humor because once you come back with them with a sense of humor, most of them, nine out of 10 will back down, right? You make a joke out of it. In this, or you talk to them personally, you get off social media and actually talk to them or text them. So, because then it becomes, oh, oh my God, oh my God, you're actually challenging me personally on the phone. And most people will listen. And um, because most of those people are unhappy, it has nothing to do with me or you or Yvonne. It is just like the four agreements. You just don't take it personally because either they're having a shitty day or they 
just want to take it out on somebody or you just hit a really sore point. And then once you talk to them, it comes out that it really had nothing to do with you. So most mm -hmm. of the times, I know when it has to do with me because I might have challenged them earlier, but most of the time it's just they had a crappy day. And then you just say, I'm sorry you're having a hard day. What's the issue? And sometimes it doesn't work at all and um, you're blocked from their life forever. But hey, um, if what, you know, whatever, you can't have, you can't be friends to everybody. You just yeah. have to just move on with your life. If you're that concerned about keeping that person as a friend, then you've wasted all your time, right? It's, uh, it's that quote is um, by this Chinese philosopher. Uh, the more you care about what people think about you, the you never move forward in your life. Right? So you really can't, you can't put out that many fires. People won't like you for any number of reasons. So right. you're going to do. But then you become that person that everyone likes, then you're not the person you, then you really don't like yourself. Yes. Yeah. So just be you, right? Be authentic you and the people that you want in your life will come to you mm -hmm. because they like you for who you are, which is why when I see you, you have so many people, so many people comment, so many people follow you and they do that because they like you. And that's why I find you so inspirational Aww. because you say whatever you believe, you stick to your guns, but you do also respectfully, but you don't take shit from trolls. I see your post response to trolls sometimes and there are with men with humor. I'm always laughing on my end <laughs> at your responses. Um, and that's where I really want to learn more from. Yeah, just don't, uh, just, you can't make everyone happy. And the moment you do, you're going to be the un most unhappy person in the world. So mm -hmm. uh, just move forward, move on. And I just saw a huge spider web in my house and I thought, God damn, I'm going to kill that when I get off of this. Oh no. <laughs> oh, it must have just happened yesterday. I just dusted that. Oh, dude, the dude moved in last night. Oh. <laughs> Asianness now. I got to go get that vacuum cleaner. Okay. <laughs> That's Sable's job in this house. Sneak <laughs> <Like> attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ophidia, I want to um, be conscious of your time. Um, it, it's been an hour. We like to end our podcast with a quote. It could be your original quote or one of your favorite quotes. Do you have one that you want to share with us? Um, yeah, it is from Tennyson. Like if I could have a flower for every, every moment I thought of you, I'll be walking through a garden my whole life. It's sort of a paraphrase. So, um, every thought of you is a flower and that, and then, and that is a garden that is forever. So, that's so sweet. And what many flowers of many people. So. And that speaks so much about who you are. Oh, thank you. Now we can go do our five things that we're gonna relax on today. It's like laundry, doesn't it? I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> well, first you had to go kill that spider, right? <laughs> oh, damn, yeah, because I can see it right now. It's like, oh, it's crazy, right? <laughs> All the little eyeballs are looking. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you guys. Have a great day. You too. Go and chill. Bye, Ophelia. Bye. Thank you for listening to this fun episode. This was a lot more conversational format than our previous episodes, and we would love to hear your feedback. 
Should we do more of these episodes where we let the natural conversation flow, or would you prefer us to stay strictly to interview questions? Your feedback will be so helpful. If you're interested in reaching out to Ophelia, you can find her on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ophelia Chong, or on Instagram at Ophelia Swims. We will link all her contacts in today's show notes as well. If you have any feedback for us, you can reach us on Instagram at Lost and Refound. That is Lost dot and dot Refound, or email us at Lost and Refound Podcast at Gmail dot com. Thank you for listening. See you next episode.